Is this frequency in use? Welcome to Southgate Vibes, a selection of the latest stories direct from Southgate Amateur Radio News. I'm Steve Richards, Golf 4 Hotel Papa Echo, and in this podcast, you're going to hear my personal picks of what is happening in amateur radio and the wider world of communications. Whether you're just starting out in ham radio or an experienced operator spinning around the spectrum for those rare and sometimes strange signals, I hope you'll find something to entertain you here. Welcome to Southgate Vibes. Right, strap on your best welding goggles, light up the oxyacetylene and prepare to make some sparks as we take another delve into the world of amateur radio and communications. As usual, I hope the mix of topical and historical items grabs your attention. While you're listening, I'm going to get back on the hunt to work the current expedition to Zanzibar Island, which is pretty rare. Two operators are there for a holiday, and I could hear them very well here yesterday, but I just couldn't get through against the endless screaming and shouting from other parts of Europe. So, let me start by sending you south all the way to a research station in Antarctica, which is well known for making contacts with schools around the world. Unfortunately, along with other parts of the world recently, they've been hit by a major winter storm. AMSAT DL reports that the antenna used by amateur radio station Delta Papa Zero Golf Victor November in Antarctica for Q0100 geostationary satellite contacts has been completely destroyed. According to the Alfred Wegener Institute, a severe winter storm hit their location at Atka Bay, Antarctica, at the end of last week. At Neumair Station 3, about 20 kilometres away, wind speeds of 175.7 kilometres per hour were recorded over a one-minute average during the night from the 13th to the 14th of August. The strongest gust was 207 kilometres per hour. This is by far the highest wind speed measured in recent years. Unfortunately, the antenna for the geostationary Q0100 amateur radio satellite was completely destroyed during the storm, despite the weatherproof radome. This means that no school's contacts with DP0GVN can take place until further notice. AMSAT DL and the Alfred Wegener Institute hope to erect a new antenna early next year, in particular to continue the very successful contacts with schools. You can read more at amsat-dl.org. You are listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. I can recall when home computing first became a possibility and how radio amateurs exploited the opportunity to design radio-related computer projects and write software that started the whole evolution which ended up with software-defined radio. The modern equivalent is probably the ubiquitous Raspberry Pi, a brilliant single-board computer with the flexibility to be put to thousands of diverse uses. And that, of course, includes amateur radio. 
The Raspberry Pi is an amazing open-source device. Technology hobbyists implement it in many projects, from sending instant messages to making retro video games. The All3DP website reports that the Raspberry Pi is being used for projects for a hobby that some may be unfamiliar with, that's amateur radio. Worldwide, there are about 3 million amateur radio operators, often referred to as hams. They communicate over designated radio frequencies using two-way radios, homemade equipment, antennas, repeaters, the internet, and even satellites orbiting the Earth. Recently, many amateur radio operators have been incorporating Raspberry Pis into their projects. This is because these little single-board computers have many benefits, including being easy to implement and they're portable, eliminating the need for heavy, stationary and expensive equipment. Thanks to something called software-defined radio, single-board computers can be used for radio communications. In the article, 10 cool ham radio projects are described that use the Raspberry Pi. It should be mentioned that if you plan on making some of these projects, you will need to follow your local radio laws, especially when transmitting over the airwaves. The projects mentioned include an SDR scanner. With this project, you can monitor and display information about radio signals, such as their intensity along with the frequency. There's a radio room clock project, where you can create a clock that tells you not only the time, but also the weather, solar flux data, DX spot reporting, locations of satellites, including the International Space Station, and all on a touch screen interface. There are instructions on how to use a Raspberry Pi to build a pirate radio transmitter. It's only very low power, by the way, so it won't upset anyone. A satellite tracker project can help your antennas to keep pointing at moving satellites. There's a full home weather station, an amateur radio repeater station, and a design called R2 Cloud, which will receive satellite images and data streams. There's instructions on how to build a budget security camera system using slow-scan amateur radio television signals and an advanced, full-blown drone construction project, which includes an amateur radio repeater just for fun. And there's also instructions for a really simple Morse code sender and reader, whether you plan to do this automatically or with a real Morse key. You can read all about these Raspberry Pi construction projects at all3dp.com. Superb collaboration now between the National Amateur Radio Society and a technology museum in the Nordic country of Finland. If you happen to be in that part of the world in the next few weeks, you might like to take in an exhibition which is currently running. An exhibition has opened showing 100 years of Finnish amateur radio construction, which presents equipment built by radio amateurs themselves. The exhibition is open at the Museum of Technology in Helsinki until August the 29th. This summer, the Finnish Museum of Technology has admired quite a few wonders of design and home construction. This exhibition is called It Started With a Spark, 100 Years of Finnish Radio Amateur Construction. 
The exhibition has, as its name suggests, brought to the public the equipment built by amateur radio enthusiasts. Co-designed with SRAL, the Finnish Radio Amateur Association, it's part of the association's 100th anniversary programme. At the Finnish Museum of Technology, they're particularly excited about the exhibition because experimenting with new forms of cooperation is rewarding. In this multi-year exhibition project, the curators would not have been able to make it happen without the experts in the subject. That's SRAL's radio amateurs. As a national special museum in the field of technology, it's possible for them to provide a good setting for the exhibition and attract a wide audience that might not otherwise find its way to the topic. Two key people are interviewed on the museum's website. Heike Lempola, a member of SRAL's 100th Anniversary Committee, he's also known in radio amateur circles by callsign Oscar Hotel 2 Bravo Golf X-Ray, and Rina Linna, exhibition producer at the Museum of Technology. So, if you happen to be in Helsinki, you can visit the exhibition and see devices with a frequency range from an audio headset up to microwaves. Transceivers, transmitters, measuring devices and compact antennas are all on display. For more information, take a look at tinyurl.com forward slash IARU hyphen Finland. You are listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. It's all about radio and the wider world of communications. I picked out some of the latest stories from Southgate Amateur Radio News, and you can find a lot more by going to southgatearc.org. Now, you know I cannot resist the wacky and the eccentric. Every time I look in the mirror, I realise that. So, here's a great item about innovation in 1940s America that I hope will take you on a totally new voyage of discovery into the pioneering radio past. Men with bald heads who want to attract the ladies, give this some serious thought. The Rare Historical Photos website carries the story of the 1949 Radio Hat. In 1949, Victor Hoflich held a press conference to introduce the Man from Mars Radio Hat. Hoflich knew a picture would tell the story better than words, so he had several teenagers modelling the radio hats for the reporters and the photographers. Soon, pictures and stories appeared in newspapers coast to coast across the USA. Newspaper articles typically included a photo of a young lady wearing the hat and a six-paragraph story. Although the radio hat had a futuristic appearance at the time, this was in fact due to technical limitations. While the transistor had been invented in 1947, it was still experimental and not widely available. The hat's radio relied on two vacuum tubes, and hopefully made the tubes a prominent feature, as well as the loop aerial. The tuning knob sat between the two valves. The battery was carried in the user's pocket. The radio hat was sold in department stores and by mail order. A. Van Nice, the Californian service station chain, sold the hats as a promotional item to customers who purchased gasoline. The radio hat retailed for $7.95. Designed in the style of a pith helmet, it could be ordered in eight colours. Lipstick red, canary yellow, blush pink, rose pink, tangerine, flamingo, chartreuse and tan. Later, seven more colour options were added. 
The massive publicity did not lead to lasting sales. Advertisements for the Radio Hat stopped in early 1950. Its failure was primarily due to technical limitations. It had only two vowels, whilst household radios featured five or six, and thus performed better. The loop antenna was directional, and signal could be lost as the user turned his or her head. The radio hat had an advertised range of 20 miles. Sometimes when tuning, it picked up stations further away, but these would be received as an annoying squeal, as the hat did not have the necessary circuitry. In a 1956 interview, Hoflich said that the company still got orders for the hat, even though it had been long out of production. The radio hat was manufactured by American Mary Lay Corporation of Brooklyn, New York. Battery-operated portable radios had been available for many years, but Hoflich hoped that a radio with innovative packaging and a publicity campaign could be a runaway success. You can see many amazing photographs and read the full article at rarehistoricalphotos.com. It's well worth a look. Well, that's it for this time. You've been listening to Southgate Vibes, stories about amateur radio and the world of communications from Southgate Amateur Radio News. You can find these stories and many more daily reports at our website, southgatearc.org. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by sending an email to vibes at southgatearc.org. So until next time, this is Steve Richards, G4 Hotel Papa Echo, signing off and wishing you best 7-3.